Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Occasionalists. Matt Pagel here once again, uh, jamming on the ones and the twos as we move on from our music episode, our sports anthem episode, uh, for Best of the Best Week, and into the best sports TV show uh, for this episode This for this episode today. Uh, this one's going to be pretty interesting. I, I think that the general thing here that I kind of hit on as I was uh, brainstorming for for which sports show is my favorite was the fact that a there's not really that many of them um you know there's really every year it realistically speaking about every other year there's sort of an attempt at some kind of sports show be it professional or college or whatever but for the most part there aren't that many sports shows and the big thing about all of them is that they kind of all suck um except for there's a few that kind of stand out and even amongst the ones that stand out as being better, I think, are seriously, seriously flawed. Um, I, there's, there's probably a variety of reasons for this, um, but I think, I think, you know, I'll get into some very specific reasons for why they suck, but, like, I'll also get into sort of the idea of the reason why we don't see a lot of them anyway. Um, one, even though, even though a sport like football, obviously, in the United States is hugely popular, um, and sports in general are hugely popular, I, I think that I think that people are kind of okay with sports being on its own a a you know its own entertainment block apart from you know your your regular dramas and comedies and things that the people watch during the course of the week. I think it feels like it is sort of an it is sort of something separate from what we normally watch. So I think that's part of it. I also think probably more importantly than that, um, studios don't want to commit a lot of money to something that. In historically has a fairly a pretty high failure rate and you know making making a sports show uh making a quality sports show one that's really like that hits on all cylinders um if especially if it is very much focused on the day-to-day of a particular sport is expensive and you know between between getting extras to uh you know to to fill up the ranks of of team of the you know people on the team and obviously the players on opposing teams to fill up the the stands with fans and stuff like that to get location secured um, all that kind of stuff really costs a lot of money so I, I this is this isn't something that I've done deep amount of research into but just kind of an assumption that you know the, the combination of sort of the way that we kind of keep sports in a different sort of vein of entertainment and the the cost and um, you know the cost for any um, any studio, any network that it wants to put on a, t- a sports TV show, those two th- kind of things combined just make it so that there aren't that many of them. It's not very lucrative to do. Um, but let's um, yes, yeah, so let's get into some detail, a little, little more, a little bit more details for why I think that sports shows. While again, there are some there's some interesting sports shows, but generally, I just think they suck. And the reason is they suffer from what I've seen, and this is. Again, I haven't seen like every single sports show, um, but I've seen plenty, and I just kind of highlighted three particular things that I think stand out for the reasons why most sports shows suck. And I do think it's it's important to note the reason why I'm highlighting the the things that make a sports show, sports show suck versus like a good sports show is because I think the good um, has a wider variety of reasons for why it's good um, versus the reasons why they suck being a little bit more specific here. So again, these are just sort of the top three. I'm sure you could find some some more things that that make it um, that make them suck. But these are the top three that I that I that I've kind of picked out. 
Um, number one, first and foremost, the sports part of the sports show is inaccurate. Um, and this is usually something big that the show can't work around, right? Like, you know, maybe if it's a football show or something like that, or um, let's just stick with a football show. Um, the it's really hard to continuously, you know, every episode or let's say you have a 10 episode season. It's really difficult to have 10 episodes with, um, you know, with um, action happening inside of a stadium of some variety, you know, or different stadiums, you know, for that matter, home and away. It's hard to find that many extras to make it look believable. Uh, it's just that kind of on location stuff. It's hard anyway for TV shows to to do a lot of shooting on location, uh, much less have every single episode be something on location. So, you know, it's, it's usually something big like that. They can't work around. Um, and because, and because of that, the, the sort of the solutions to it often make the sports action look really cheap. Um, you know, the uniforms look really cheap. The, you know, the we're like, we're seeing like a, you know, maybe it's like a basket, you know, a show taking place during a basketball game or something. We're only seeing like one corner of the court, uh, you know, some players on the bench and a little bit of some people like behind, uh, you know, section of fans behind the uh, the bench or whatever, and we're not getting like the full view of everything. Um, so it, it just makes the it, and because of that, you're you're kind of limited in what you can show and how you can show people moving and stuff like that. So the the sports action ends up looking kind of cheap, stilted, just generally kind of weird. And again, like th- just sort of the stuff that does stand in when we do do a, a you know something a. Uh, you know, again, uh, a hockey rink. Um, a, I guess hockey rinks are a little bit different. You kind of can only do one thing. It, like, you have to shoot at a hockey rink if you want to do hockey stuff. Like, there isn't, like, a stand-in for that. Like, whereas you could do, you could set up a fake football set uh, to be the bench or the sidelines or something like that. But regardless, those sets and things that do stand in for fields or courts or even the locker rooms, they just never feel, they never feel real enough. They, they just, they have this very fake cardboardy quality um that really stands out and obviously again we're not talking about like a big budget sports movie so they're just not going to get the they're not going to go all out for 10 episodes of this to make it to make it look great so most most sports shows you know the sports that that part of the sports being very inaccurate is really like the biggest hurdle that they have to overcome and you know to get around it they there has to be a lot of creative liberties taken to get around it and some of them, some of them uh, hit, and they're okay. But I think most of them miss. The other part that's very inaccurate uh, is the a lot of the details of the business, the details of the uh, you know the minutia of the sports, right? Thinking about the way that like contracts work, salaries are structured, um, the team ownership, you know, the front office, the way all of the that kind of stuff worked is usually really dumbed down. Because I think most people, you know, like I am a big time, you know, obviously I'm very into sports, but I'm also very into the the minutia of how the sports work, how contracts work, how, you know, how, um, you know, like, a, uh, you know, how a how a baseball team, you know, sets up its minor league system, its 40 man roster, determines who to protect in, you know, the rule five draft, that kind of stuff. Like I'm into that. And I think most people don't give a shit. So a lot of the. A lot of the stuff that serves the the narrative of the story dramatically comes at the cost of you know kind of squishing some details, um, squishing some details in the business side or the mechanics of how uh, the sport works uh, on that side of things, right? And I got some just as some examples here. The, one of the shows that really did a lot of 
did a lot of this was uh, was Ballers. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that show. Uh, somehow, it's a lot of people have never heard of it before, and it's one of those things that always kind of surprises me that it's not better known, considering the fucking Rock is the main character, is the star of the show. Um, along with, you know, some, some legit up and coming, like John David Washington is one of the other stars of the show. Um, Rob Corddry in the show. In addition, in addition to a ton of NFL players making cameos, uh, in the show. But regardless, um, Ballers, Ballers definitely dumbed down a lot of stuff, uh, to sort of simplify certain things. Like just one of the things that really sticks out, um, it, it seemed like every episode, a player was renegotiating a contract, whether or not they had just in real life had signed a deal or if they had signed their deal two years earlier, there was always someone talking in an ear of a player about, you know, their next deal and renegotiating and setting up as something new with, you know, uh, you know, pick, pick a team. It doesn't really, doesn't really matter. It's just like, yeah, I mean, obviously football, the way that the, you know, the way that the um, salaries are structured in football there is a lot of there is a lot of contract restructuring and um, money being moved around. You you might hear if you um, you know read an article about the NFL salary cap and the way it's structured. You might hear that it's kind of it's almost like a magical kind of number because you can do a lot of things. You can do a lot of creative accounting to um, to get your team under the NFL salary cap and out of the penalty and out of basically out of sort of um, danger. Um, as far as like the, the way the NFL is set up, but it doesn't mean that like every, every other year, a star player is renegotiating his contract. Like it just doesn't work that way. There's also the, one of the things that bothered me about ballers was how, and this is more, this is this, the way these HBO shows that are in the vein, that are in the vein of entourage, they all suffer from this where, um, you know, the people at the bottom, have really just continuously ascend to the top. I, I kind of hate that about TV shows because because the more interesting stuff is the ascension, not being at the top. But anyway, there this the storyline. If you follow the the three or four seasons, whatever it is, of Ballers, uh, you have these these money managers, these sort of you know high level money managers, but money managers uh, for various athletes and other like high price clients, but mostly uh, mostly athletes, obviously. They again. They go from money managers to uh, then by the end of the by the end of the uh, run of the of the TV show, you had uh, Dwayne Johnson's character uh, Spencer. Despite all of the downs that he went through, somehow being the man to front an ownership group to buy the Kansas City Chiefs. Which, if you don't come, if you don't come to the NFL owners with a, um, if you don't come to the NFL owners. Owner, or excuse me, if you don't come to the NFL and come to the the ownership group, there's like sort of like a smaller, uh, there's like a circle of kind of the elites in the NFL. And if you don't come to them with airtight financing and absolutely bananas sort of deep pockets, there's no way they're going to let you in the door. Um, these old rich white guys aren't interested in just letting anybody... Uh, buy up one of their teams, let alone one of the historic teams in the Kansas City Chiefs. So that kind of stuff is a lot of the a lot of the minutia, the details and stuff like that get fudged for dramatic effect. And it does for me again, this is just for me. It does sort of ruin that particular aspect of the show. All right. So the next thing that a lot of these shows suffer from, and it's not every show, like I said, Ballers. Um, and in this case, Ballers is kind of exempt from this because we are talking about like real 
Um, you know, it, it is it is borrowing, um, you know, borrowing from the NFL. It's a real league. But most most sports shows are dealing with fictional leagues. And it's it's I guess it's kind of OK, depending on the type of show. But generally speaking, if you are going for something a little bit more dramatic, having the league be fake feels like it takes away from the important, you know, the show feeling important and the show dealing with real issues. Um, if if we're talking about the, you know, the New Jersey Knights of the U.S. Professional Men's Basketball League, um, it just like, it all feels so fake that it's like, it's really hard for me to sort of get invested in invested in some of the serious storylines they want to tackle, be it, you know, be it like drug use in the league or be it, uh, you know, like a domestic violence situation or whatever. I'm just like, well, who cares? It's a fake fucking league um, in a, on a fake fucking team with fake ass looking, jank ass looking uniforms. Um, so like, yeah, so that that's one of those things that definitely stands out. Another thing with the fake leagues and the fake teams and stuff, it just, it just bugs me. It just for some reason kind of gets under my skin when the fake team is supposed to be a stand-in for a real franchise. So, you know, let's just say we're, you know, we're doing some kind of baseball show or whatever. And when that stand-in team, it's like, it's like the New York, uh, the New York Americans, the most dominant franchise in the history of, of, uh, of American pro of the, of the AP LB American or APBL American pro baseball league. Um, and like, you know, like the uniforms might even be well, probably not similar because they would get their fucking asses handed to them in a lawsuit uh, by MLB and the actual Yankees. But like, we're obviously doing like a stand-in for the Yankees, and it's just sort of like, uh, who cares? Like, if it's it's not the real Yankees, so it just to me it just kind of falls short of being important when it's not like the real team. And same thing with like when we're with the fake leagues, whenever like there's supposed to be like a dominant, you know, star type player, a Tom Brady type player, um, you know, a, a Michael Jordan type player, it's just like, oh man, that's, you know, it's Chet Smith. He's a nine time MVP of the, of the JPSDL. And it's just like, who, who fucking cares? Like, so what is this? The minor league? He's the, he's like, this would be, if that was the case, if this was, if there was a, in a show, about like a football league, an alternate football league, and someone was a nine-time MVP. They literally would be the greatest football player in the history of organized football. And it just like it's one of those things like when they begin to when they begin to move into sort of that realm, everything just feels strange, feels hollow. It just doesn't really like I, I don't know, just doesn't feel right when we do the fictional league stuff. And lastly here, um, because of the just the way a TV show is set up, you know, the action outside the lines ends up taking priority over like what the, you know, the show, the sport that the show is supposed to be about. Or in a lot of cases, you have some shows about like agents or stuff like that. And, you know, there that becomes the focus as opposed to the sport, which is in some cases, it's totally, totally fine. But I think when when we are talking about a sport specific, you know, a sport specific show, if it's a, a show that's supposed to be about a football team or a basketball team or a show that's supposed to be about a you know uh, agents working whose clients are just football players or whatever. When we begin to get simply because of the way a show's set up, because you have multiple episodes, it's not like a movie where you know think about if you think you know go to circle back to Major League, the greatest sports movie of all time. There's quite a bit of sports action taking place 
in a movie that I think is only about 100 minutes long or so. But you can't really dip into that for 10, 12, 15 episodes. You do need to space out the sports action a little bit. But because you are doing that, you get really too far into the weeds with the non-sports stuff. And again, like I, yes, you absolutely have to build, absolutely have to build, um, you know, the, the main characters especially. But you have to build the characters' lives outside of whatever the thing is. You know, be they a professional player, a, a coach, agent, whatever. You definitely have to, you know, or a broadcaster or whatever. You definitely have to build their lives up besides the thing that they're doing but i think a lot of times when that begins to supersede their actual profession we get into these weird sort of we get into these weird situations we, we where we are getting into storylines that have gone so far away from from the you know from the the gist of the show that it, like, it just doesn't make sense anymore like the storylines become incoherent like you'll 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 get an episode I, I, this isn't anything i'm not Marking a specific episode here, but just thinking about uh, some of the things that I've seen in sports TV shows over the years and just kind of going to pull some general ideas here. Like, who gives a shit about what kind of business the player's wife is investing in? If it doesn't, like, if it isn't critical to the, if it isn't critical to the story of the team or the story of the league or the story of the coach necessarily... I don't know why we're getting that far off into the weeds. Like, I understand that, like, totally understand that, you know, these players have lives and things. And, like, the money thing is, like, a big deal. But it, it's not, like, very often those storylines about that kind of stuff. They're not about, you know, an unwise investment or something like that that might jeopardize a, a player's career or a player's future. It's just something to fill in and tell a story. Um, because they've they've run out of they've run out of things to do and they, they're not going to show you know they're not going to show any on field action so that we have to get farther out away from the sport. Similarly, like I don't really give a shit if if the coach's kid is having problems at school. Like I really don't, unless again the reason why the coach's kid is having problems at school is because he's so invested in the playoff run that the team is making you know in football or basketball or baseball or whatever. Um, that's different. But a lot of these storylines just go into go into territory where, like, yeah, the kid, coach's kid is having trouble at school, but it in no way touches or really comes back to have any impact on the any impact on the main storyline. So we do start to get the action outside of, or should say, the the storylines outside of the sports action and the teams and the, the, what should be the focus just starts to get farther and farther and farther away, um, and. You know, again, not to not to pick on ballers too much, but there is just a lot of fluff <laughs> that you could cut off from the later seasons of that show. Um, you know, I I really don't care that you're invested in an esports agency. Doesn't makes no difference to me. But so those are the three things that really stand out as kind of making for a a kind of sucky, crappy sports TV show. And I think most again, most TV shows fall into this fall into these sort of traps uh, for the most part. All right, so. I did kind of did kind of circle through a, a few shows trying to consider like what my what I think is the best sports show of all time here. Um, and believe it or not, Ballers was at least in consideration a little bit. But again, I think it's it's sort of it is it is a deeply flawed show, but is still better than most sports shows. Um, so Ballers was in consideration. There was a show on ESPN years ago called um, uh, Playmakers. 
that was kind of a supposed to be like a gritty look at like what really happened in an NFL locker room between you know the guys on pills. Um, you know, there's a closeted gay guy who I believe is McMurray on Letterkenny now. Um, there was a, um, you know, the, the way the coaches sort of push the envelope uh, on themselves and also on the players. You know, it was it was a gritty look at what what life as a professional football player really kind of, at least in, in many cases, was kind of like. Um, so Playmakers was up there. There was a show. Um, there was a show called uh, Sports Night. Aaron Sorkin show that uh, basically he got he got a chance years later to uh, to kind of make the better version of it uh, called the newsroom, but this was essentially uh, Sportsnet was essentially a um, uh, sort of a behind the scenes look at a Sports Center type show um, that was in consideration, but I I ended up and this is so I ended up coming back to a different show and I'm going to say that this is with the caveat that um, I have. Yet to see Ted Lasso. I, it is on the list, and I swear to God, at some point in time, I'm going to get around to seeing the show. Um, and I have a feeling it might vault itself uh, to it might vault itself to the top of my uh, favorite sports shows. Might even be the best sports show ever made. But I haven't seen it yet, so I, I don't think I don't I wouldn't feel right including it um, in this list at this point. However. The sports show that I think is the best sports show, and I think it's the best sports show because it. it it avoids all of those pitfalls that I mentioned previously by not even coming close to any of them. And that is the league. Uh, FX is the league, the show about a, about uh, some suburban friends in, I believe they're in Chicago and their fantasy football league and their sort of their lives. Uh, once, uh, once football season starts up and uh, I don't think, I, I think maybe slightly controversial on this one, but again, I think because, it avoids all of the all of the crappy stuff. Like there, at no point in time is the league trying to show accuracy in terms of how football is played. At no point in time, we're not talking about a fictional league. We're, we are talking about the NFL. Um, teams and players are being named by name, and there is no action outside of the line. Like it shouldn't say that. It's not just the day. It's not just daily fantasy trades and, and BS, but. There isn't because we're not focused on an actual on the actual sport of football. We're not trying to make a show about a football team. It can be this show can be about all the stuff that happens in the day to day between um, between your fantasy football matchups against your friends. So the league avoids all of this stuff together and really hits something that's very very different. The league hits the league showcases and really hits the way that regular people interact with any sport for the most part most of us don't most of us have never played a professional sport before most of us have never played a college sport before a very large number of us have never played a high school sport before but all of us in some way shape or form have watched a sport have enjoyed watching a sport or maybe you don't enjoy watching sports um a, a very large number of us have done fantasy sports before um, or still are doing fantasy sports. In some cases, some of us have been doing fantasy sports for decades. So the league really gets to the way that the regular person, the regular sports fan interacts with, in this case, football, but obviously any sport. The league also, you know, the league also managed to tie most of the episodes back into their fantasy league. 
at least at least somewhat uh, they weren't successful every episode but for the most part a lot the bulk of the the bulk of the you know the a story still tied back into something that happened in the fantasy league right like we're talking about like the consequences of a trade uh, maybe a side bet influenced um, <clears throat> influenced some of the action in in um, in someone's in someone's life something like that um, you know there's a daily uh, with uh, Nick Kroll's character Ruxin, there's sort of this daily balance where, like, he kind of wanted to keep everyone out of his personal life, but very frequently, um, you know, be it be it the other uh, the other members of the league or something that was happening uh, with their fantasy league, uh, often would kind of come into conflict with, with conflict with Ruxin's life. So they did, for the most part, they did a pretty good job of making sure that the fantasy league was at least, if not at the very center of what was going on at least, um, you know, could be, you know, the starting point for, for a lot of things that happened. Um, and, you know, and the setup of the show, coming from the fan perspective, coming from, a, a, you know, about as far outside of, of, the, of the sport as you can, it naturally just can't get into the, the darker side of sports, you know, because we're not focused on the business aspect. We're not focused on the dramatic stuff like, you know, like the rampant drug use uh, in, you know, they're... The rampant uh, drug use and overdoses and stuff that happened, uh, you know, with uh, with Kurt and former football players, stuff like that. It's just it's not at the forefront because it like it really can't be like we're just not talking about that. We're talking about fantasy. And because of that, it just definitely you never you know, like the league was always just lighter and funner because of that, because we're just never getting into that kind of stuff. And again, not saying that you shouldn't take that seriously, but this just isn't this show. And it did allow the show to kind of be to, to really kind of play off the funny parts, the funny aspects of professional football. Um, and again, because we're doing some because we're not doing fictional leagues and I by fictional leagues, I mean, fictional, the sports leagues. We're not we're not the, the there is this is the NFL. We're not trying to stand in for some other. It's not the AFAA or something like that. Um, you know, it is the NFL that we're talking about and because we have the NFL that we're talking about. We had some great player cameos from episode to episode, um, and even the cameos would sort of work work their way usually pretty well into the natural flow of the show. They they didn't really stick out too badly. Every now and then you had a clunker of a um, you, you had a clunker of a cameo simply because um, simply because uh, you know maybe the acting was a little bit rough or the circumstances that brought the NFL player into their orbit were just a little bit too ridiculous, but. For the most part, you know, the, the cameos made sense, were funny, they worked. It just, you know, it, it, they, they, they did balance, and they, there weren't too many of them. It wasn't like you got a football player every single episode or two football players every single episode or something. They worked in the cameos when they had to very, very well. And, you know, we had some excellent characters. Um, the characters themselves, you know, I already mentioned Ruxin. Um, I, I'm not going to remember all, I probably should have pulled up a character list here. I know I know all the actors uh, and actresses that portray everyone, but um, you know, obviously, Ruxin's character, Nick Kroll's character, Ruxin was fantastic. Paul Shear did a great job as Andre. Um, it's just it's I, I will for I love Paul Shear, um, but I will always remember Paul Shear as Andre. Um, it's just his his douchey kind of his douchey kind of you know the the character the guy, the guy that you know from your hometown that was kind of a big dork that uh, is now successful and kind of is trying to make up. Uh, for lost time, being a dork for so long. Um, again, Ruxin, the 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 super uptight, um, the super uptight guy. Uh, but more importantly, characters like Rafi. Um, you know, had Rafi introduced uh, you know Jason Manzukis into my life, and I'm thankful for that because I think Jason Manzukis is hilarious. And Rafi just 
every time Rafi's on screen is is basically just comedy gold. Uh, Jean Lejoie, um, always fantastic. Um, you know, the understated kind of uh, oaf character. Um, he's just fantastic, and obviously his musicality plays into it a lot into the into the episodes a lot as well. So just excellent characters, um, and of course, you know, as this show became popular, especially amongst people in my um, you know millennials, millennial sports fans, people in my kind of age bracket, as this show became really popular. Who didn't try to pull some aspect from this show into their own fantasy league? Because I know I did. So whether it was like having some kind of absurd race or physical challenge or something to to determine your fantasy league's draft order, um, you know that was that was something we definitely did. Um, and I think it probably every every league across the across the country, um, you know, if they weren't already doing it, most every league across the country was doing something along this along those lines to uh, determine your draft order. Uh, or even like your waiver order or stuff like that, but um, or you know, there's 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 always just there's always like an, another notch that you can step things up in terms of the administration of your league, um, and it all comes from uh, taking inspiration from the show, the league. Um, who didn't take inspiration from the show to name your te- to name your team? Um, you know, there was some there's there was some gold in uh, in in some of the team names that they had over the years for their teams. Um, fantasy punishments was, was a a absolute specialty of this show. You know, if you lost the league or maybe if you just like lost the week badly or whatever, there was, uh, there was always room to humiliate one of your friends. And uh, again, this show really kind of came through that way in spades. And then last but not least, who has not named the trophy of their fantasy league or whatever their fantasy league, uh, final prize is trophy wrestling belt. Um, you know, something along those lines. Um, who hasn't, who doesn't name their trophy now after the fantastic episode uh, with the Shiva, the uh, the namesake of their of their trophy, who was named, I believe, it was after like the their kind of dorky classmate uh, who who turns into Janita Gavinkar um, by the time we get to the episode about the Shiva. Uh, in which case, she's if you're not familiar with Janina Gavinkar, uh, she is not nerdy at all anymore. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, so uh, just the top to bottom, the league, I think, the league does it the right way. Um, again, not to say that the other shows haven't done it the right way. Like I said, I did, for the most part, enjoy Ballers. I did, for the most part, um, enjoy Sports Night. Um, you know, those are shows that I do, uh, that I did like. But I feel like I feel like the league, for what it's going for and the way it avoids the pitfalls and the way it, the way it hits really really well the, the the fan experience of watching of watching sports and participating in sports in a very very non-serious and very oftentimes silly kind of way i think the league really knocked it out of the park and for me the league is in fact the best sports show around so agree or disagree uh you know let me know in the comments uh, that'd be fantastic uh, but until then, we will see you tomorrow as we tackle, as we get into an episode that I'm really looking forward to, as we tackle the best sports celebration. So we will see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for streaming. All of that. Leave comments. Uh, dap up someone, you you know, whatever. And, uh, oh, happy holidays. Uh, you know, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, obviously, I'll probably be saying that again here in a little bit. But uh, happy holidays. Happy Thanksgiving. We will see you next time.